Please welcome Head of Worldwide Channels and Alliances at Amazon Web Services, Doug Yum. Good morning, and welcome to the eighth annual reInvent Global Partner Summit. It's great to see all of you here this morning. Thanks for coming out. We have thousands of partners who are attending reInvent this week, and we have hundreds of partners who are here as sponsors. Thank you for helping us put on another great event for our mutual customers. I had a chance to walk around the expo yesterday, and it's amazing to see all the innovations that are being driven by all of you. We really appreciate your constant push to innovate on behalf of our customers. It's super important. Reinvent has always been an exciting event for me, but today, standing here in front of all of you, it's truly special and humbling. I've been with AWS since 2014 and have seen the business grow and change so much in just a few short years. In my past roles as the general manager for Korea and as Andy Jassy's chief of staff, I saw firsthand how important partners are to our business. And since taking on this role, I've had the opportunity to meet with a lot of partners from all around the world, and I'm learning a lot by listening to a diverse group of consulting partners and technology partners who are working hard every day to build successful businesses with AWS. Recently, I had a chance to meet with founders of Cloudhesive and Six Nines, both are APM Premier Consulting Partners. And they share their stories with me about how they built and grew their businesses with AWS. They took different approaches, focusing on different market segments and specialty areas, but both made big bets on AWS when they started and haven't looked back since. And I was very happy to hear that their bets on AWS are paying off and their businesses are growing rapidly. You know, I find these stories really inspiring because I know how hard it can be to grow a business. You know, I personally started an SI company earlier in my career. I ran it for seven years. And the experience was amazing, but those seven years were not easy. They were really tough. So I truly appreciate all the hard work that all of you are doing and I empathize with some of the challenges that you have. And I want all of you to know that I am personally committed and AWS is committed to making sure that all of you are successful. There are many other success stories from our APM partners similar to what you heard about Cloudhesive and Six Nines. So I'd like to share some of them today with you about how our APM partners are growing and evolving to meet the increasing customer demand and also the changing customer needs as they continue to go bigger and go deeper with AWS. And we'll also talk about how AWS will continue to work alongside all of you and invest in your success. Partners have been a key part of our business strategy since the early days, 
but I don't think anyone could have anticipated how quickly the APN has grown. We launched APN back in 2012, and since then, the, the APN has grown to tens of thousands of consulting partners and tens of thousands of technology partners. In the last five years alone, the number of APN partners have grown by five times, and this year, we're adding 50 new partners every day from all around the world. And we're seeing this growth primarily because more and more customers are choosing to use AWS as we invest into three key areas. Those are AWS service innovation, geographic footprint expansion, and enterprise workload migrations. Let me first talk about service innovation. As you heard from Andy yesterday, the pace of innovation at AWS will not be slowing down. We currently have over 175 services available for our customers, and every time we launch a new service, that equates to new opportunities for all of you. For example, AWS Wavelength, which is a new type of AWS infrastructure deployment, this allows developers to build applications that require very low latency for use cases like machine learning inference at the edge, or communicating or exchanging data with autonomous industrial equipment at the edge. Customers will need partners to help them think through how to best use Wavelink to come up with new ideas and innovative ideas on digital experiences for their customers. And I believe that over time, our partners, you know, whether you're an SI or an ISV or an MSP, there are going to be new business models that will be built on Wavelink. Another example of how we work with our partners is Amazon Bracket, the service that we launched uh, this week. It's a good example of how AWS will partner with APN partners that have deep expertise in a specific field like quantum computing to jointly innovate on a new service. And Amazon Bracket allows our customers to gain easy access to quantum computing so they can understand the possibilities that this will have on their new businesses or on their businesses. And lastly, I think data exchange which is a service that we launched a couple of weeks ago. It's an innovative new service that allows customers to find and subscribe to and use third-party data in the cloud. And we offer an API for data exchange that partners can use to easily integrate into their products to offer more value for customers who are using their products. So they can use third-party data along with the data that they're creating and analyzing the cloud already to deliver additional insights for their business. So these are just some examples of how new innovations can create new opportunities for all of you. And so one of the things I'd like to ask all of you to do is think about all the services that we launched yesterday and see what potential those services can have for your businesses. Let's talk about geographic expansion. Customers get really excited when we open new regions. 
and they are able to move faster and do more with AWS, and thus creating new opportunities for our partners. And we see that happen in every single new region that we've launched. And we will continue to open new regions in all the world's major economies, as well as many emerging ones. And when we do so, enterprises across all of our industries will start to use AWS in a big way. And they'll be making strategic decisions to move the vast majority of their IT estate to AWS. And as part of that, a lot of their enterprise applications will be moving to the cloud. And that is why we've been investing a lot into making sure that our platform is the best place to run enterprise applications like SAP, VMware, Windows, and Oracle. You know, SAP is a very important workload for many enterprise customers. We've been serving customers for, for SAP workloads since 2011. And we now have more than 5,000 customers who are using SAP on AWS. We've been doing it longer than anyone else, and we have more customers than any other cloud providers. On top of that, we have partnered closely with SAP for years to make sure that we have the best technology to support SAP workloads on AWS, and that we have the broadest set of offerings for SAP HANA-based solutions on AWS. Because we have the most experience, the best technology, and the most number of, of offerings for our customers, we're seeing an accelerating growth in customer demand. And given that most of the SAP migrations happen with partners, we believe this is an important and very large opportunity for all of you. So taken together, all of these investments will lead to more opportunities. And we believe that because of the growth that we're seeing, not only are we having more partners join our network, but we're also seeing a lot of diversification happening in the APN. So one of the things that I've observed is that for the consulting uh, partners, and when we first started APN back in 2012, the vast majority of the partners that we had on the consulting side were born the cloud SIs. Companies like BlazeClan, CloudReach, and ClassMethod, and Megazone. And we also had some forward-thinking established SIs like Slalom. But the network has now evolved to include next-generation MSPs like Bespin Global, BR Link, Storm Reply. We also have specialized SIs who are just focusing on a product like Amazon Connect. A company called Voice Foundry is doing a great job in building out that business. And we also have Lemongrass, who's just focusing on SAP and building a great business. And we also have established SIs, like Cognizant, through their acquisition of Contino, leaning in with AWS. Or you have a company like Virtusa of Fujitsu, who are all making big investments to grow their AWS practices. And we also have VARs like CDW, SHI, and Computer Center. And we also have you know, public sector, 
partners, and even management consulting companies who are now working closely with us as cloud becomes an important C-level agenda, even a board-level agenda issue that requires their support to help the senior management think about how to best utilize cloud. On the technology partner side, you know, we originally had a lot of SI, uh, ISVs who are on-premise, infrastructure, software-focused, but that has also started to evolve. We now have born-the-cloud SaaS and past partners like Druva, Sumo Logic, and Datadog. And we also have hardware manufacturers for IoT devices and machine learning, companies like Siemens, GE, or Beckhoff. And we also have silicon manufacturers and chip makers that are working closely with us, companies like NVIDIA and Intel. So along with this diversification that I just explained, the other interesting observation that we're seeing is the fact that there's a lot of collaboration that is happening among the partners. And we believe this is a very important thing to make APN stronger for our customers. So, you know, one of the things that we're seeing is that the SIs are working with other SIs to utilize each other's specialty skills in areas like serverless or machine learning or IoT. And we also have SIs who are, are working with other SIs to combine forces to work on larger projects that they could not have done alone. And we also have ISVs who are working with VARs to gain that scale and distribution. And we also have ISVs working with consulting partners to build out a specialty practice around their solution. And you know, one interesting example that I recently learned about that's a good example of a partner helping other partners is a company called Enops. It's an advanced technology partner that provides a SaaS cloud management platform for AWS. They recently announced the availability of a partner version of its platform, which provides automated execution of AWS World Architect reviews. And this allows partners to reduce the time it takes to find potential issues or potential opportunities to drive better outcomes for their customers. And they also created a partner network to support partners who are using NOPS to deliver value-added services to their customers. And this is a great example of a partner who is not only innovating on behalf of their customers, but they're also innovating to help other partners. The key takeaway for partners is that wherever you're located, whatever your industry may be, or whatever specialty you may have, there are so many different types of opportunities for all of you to grow your businesses with AWS. But in my opinion, right now, the biggest opportunity for partner lies in helping customers with their digital, digital transformation journeys so that they can take better advantage of all the innovations that AWS is bringing to the market. You know, we talk about digital transformation with our customers in almost every single meeting, 
And as I mentioned, it is now a C-level imperative. Customers have realized that in order for them to be competitive in their respective markets, that they have to continuously innovate, invest into new technologies, and rethink the way they deliver services and experiences to their customers. And our customers turn to our APM partners to help with that journey. And our most successful partners are the partners who have used the APM programs to develop the specialization required to help customers transform and then innovate. So let's hear from some of our APM partners on how they are translating their expertise into customer success. The need and the imperative to move to the cloud is actually right now. The partnership with AWS lays the groundwork. It's just built tremendous trust. We deliver the central applications of government. Everything that a city, county, region, a state needs to operate and run for its citizens. So our customers are enterprise and mid-market commercial that have an oracle backbone of enterprise applications, database, and related technologies. We work with the largest communication service providers in the world and some of the largest media production houses. We impact about 1.7 billion customer journeys every day. The partnership with AWS allows us to provide the same service to Loving County, Texas, with a population of 143, that we would to the city of Los Angeles with a population over 10 million. When I talk to customers, I ask them, what are their objectives? If you're trying to move your business forward, effectively reinvent your business, then you have to look at cloud. Each carrier has a different path. This is the reality. More traditional systems don't serve the needs of the velocity required from the industry today. With AWS and with the APN, we were able to provide them assurance and a sense of comfort around things like scale, reliability, risk management that they couldn't get with any other platform. The partnership with AWS lays the groundwork for how the public sector will begin to move into the public cloud. That's really the intersection of innovation, scale, reliability that can be brought to the table. It's really exciting for them. These companies uh, in the video are great examples of partners who are leveraging the breadth and depth of the AWS platform to innovate on behalf of their customers and they're having transformative impact on their customers. Apso Associates is impacting customers across all industries by helping them migrate Oracle applications to AWS and modernizing those applications so that the customers can innovate by using native AWS services. Tyler Technologies is transforming the way governments, state and local governments, are delivering service to their consumers. And they're changing the way consumers are able to gain access to government information. And Amdocs, you know, they recently developed a solution on top of AWS called Revenue One. And through that solution, they are helping telecom companies transform and also empowering them to move faster and capture new revenue opportunities in the 5G era.
Another industry where we're seeing APM partners helping customers transform is the energy industry. And I'm excited to have one of those customers speak to you this morning. BP operates worldwide, and they, have, they are working with many different partners as they modernize and digitize their businesses. So to hear more, please join me in welcoming Stuart Fry, Vice President and CIO of Global Enterprise Systems at BP. Thank you, Doug. BP's global energy business with enormous reach across the world's energy system. We operate from the deep sea to deserts, from rigs to retail. We find and produce energy resources, refine and market products, and we track, trade, and deliver the world's energy needs in real time. In 2018, our revenues were just under $300 billion. We have 73,000 employees and we operate in 78 countries worldwide. Beyond our upstream and downstream businesses, we have just under 19,000 retail sites, and we also have a large alternative energy business in wind, solar, and biofuels. The energy industry is going through a remarkable level of transformation, which is happening at a considerable pace. Simply put, it's a dual challenge. The world could need up to 30% more energy by 2040 as a result of increasing prosperity, a decrease in poverty, and an increase in global population. This growth, however, must be balanced with the need to drastically reduce global carbon emissions. At BP, we believe the world is not on a sustainable path. We agree the world needs to move to net zero emissions and we support a rapid transformation to a low-carbon future. The potential unleashed by digital, big data, and all advanced technologies is huge, allowing us to rapidly develop new ways to tackle emissions, improve our products, and to create new low-carbon businesses. In BP, we began our cloud journey in 2013, and like many others, it started with non-production environments, burst capacity, and we moved all of our internet presence onto AWS. We made our big decisions, really, in 2016. And we sat back and we thought about what are the big strategic things we need to do to enable this. The first one is we declared ourselves a cloud-first company, which meant that we stopped installing all compute and hardware into our on-premise environments. The second thing we did was that we committed to exit from our mega data centers. For us, we have them in three main locations, the US, Europe, and Asia. And then the third thing we did was we created a digital foundations program that sought to modernize our workplace, our networks, underpinned by a cloud transformation. You know, as we moved into the new phase, we did establish our own BP engineering teams, and that's when we selected AWS as a cloud-leading service partner. Supported by AWS professional services and their training programs, we also had to turn to some professional companies to help us. And this is where we decided to work with a company called CloudReach. These guys brought some highly specialized skills that we just didn't have. And they really helped us establish our cloud regions, our technical patterns, 
ensured we automated everything first from the outset. And critical for our business was ensuring billing transparency for all of our businesses so they paid for what they consumed, something they were never able to do in an on-premise environment. We also made the decision to not lift and shift any applications from our existing, our existing data centers. And what that means is that every application that we've moved has gone through some level of transformation. What that means is at some levels that's quite small and it's just an upgrade of the OS to something more up to date, which is a modern one. Or it could have been moving the databases to Aurora or it could have been to moving to RDS. For some applications, we've really just re-engineered them from the bottom up. BP, again, could never have done this on our own at the scale we wanted to work with. And this is where we've lent on some key application partners for us. Here, Infosys, Wipro, and, SAP have and, and Accenture have helped us with our SAP environments. So maybe using a couple of examples, um, BP has a very complex and big SAP landscape. We have over 65 production landscapes, and we've actually moved 32 of them already to AWS. In each of these cases, we've used the migration to modernize it. So what we've done here is for all of them, we've upgraded the databases from legacy databases to SAP, ASE, or to HANA. Uh, and we've actually upgraded all the other components as well. We recently moved a strategic fuels instance for us, which was 16 terabytes in size. We moved that in less than 60 hours outage from our business teams. The reason we're able to do that is we can call upon the power of AWS during the migration. So during the middle of the migration, we spun up a 123 core compute environment that allowed us to ensure that we never came into contact with the business window that we didn't want to break out of. We're seeing, good, we're seeing really good benefits as a result. Uh, the most notable being around cost agility, reduced capital, and improved performance. On average, we're seeing our system response times improve by over 30% in the SAP landscape, moving it from on-premise to AWS. A second example relates to our, a refinery optimization software we use. So the first thing I would say is refineries are inc incredibly complex systems. We use an application to optimize these and to make some pretty critical decisions every day. Previously, we ran this on application on-premise, and the calculations took in excess of seven hours to complete. We've modernized the application and migrated it to AWS, and the same calculations now complete in less than four minutes. So where are we more generally in our transformation? As you can see, we're making good progress, but we still have a long way to go to complete the ambitions I laid out earlier today. So today, we're pleased to be able to announce that we're going all in with AWS to support the exit from our two European mega data centers. These are the, uh, the largest that we have, the most complex, and AWS will help us migrate over 900 business critical applications as part of this move. Uh, additionally, Today, we announced a renewable power purchase agreement between BP and AWS. This renewable power will be used across a number of AWS data centers, benefiting both BP and many other customers. This further underpins both companies' commitment to supporting a rapid transition to a low-carbon future.
So what's next? We're doing a lot with AWS beyond, beyond the migrations that I've talked about. We're using Alexa for business in retail operations. We're using AWS Kinesis for video streaming analysis, for emissions monitoring, for court operations, and improving our customer experience. We're using the native AWS data services for our downstream alternative energy, trading and functions activities, and much, much more. AWS continues to be a very big part of BP's digital transformation, and along with the APN partner community, remains vital to our success. Thank you very much. Thank you, Stuart, uh, and thank you for your partnership. It means a lot to us. As Stuart Stuart just highlighted, as customers go through digital transformation, they become better prepared to innovate and to take advantage of all the innovations that AWS has. And customers like BP are choosing AWS to innovate. They want to leverage the breadth and depth of the platform that we have to innovate. And in particular, we're seeing a lot of customers using containers, machine learning, and Amazon Connect to drive that innovation inside their companies. So I'd like to dive deeper into each and find out how APM partners with deep skills and experience are helping customers innovate. First, containers. We have seen container adoption accelerate over the past few years as enterprise customers are using containers to improve developer agility and to break down legacy applications into microservices to improve feature velocity and application resilience. Our container competency SI partners are helping customers find, uh, adopt modern DevOps practices, modernize legacy apps, and manage the apps on top of our container services. And our container ISV partners are helping us accelerate the adoption inside enterprises by integrating to our managed container services like EKS, ECS, and Fargate to bring additional value around security, observability, CICD, and automation. As a result, customers can get to deploy containers into production faster. A great example of an ISV adding value for our customers is our advanced technology partner, HashiCorp. HashiCorp has integrated with more than 100 AWS services, including AWS Lambda, Fargate, EKS, and ECS, and has enabled some of the world's largest companies to deliver applications faster by helping them transition to a self-service automation and DevOps practices at enterprise scale on AWS. One of its customers is Elsevier, a Dutch publishing and analytics company. Elsevier needed a container solution to help their development teams adopt microservices architecture. By leveraging HashiCorp's Terraform console and Nomad products, this empowered Elsevier 
to design and build a framework to enable more than 1,000 developers to create container cluster and deploy to production standards in minutes. Machine learning is another area where partners are having a significant impact on our customers. As Andy talked about yesterday, we have three layers in the ML stack. The bottom layer is the infrastructure and frameworks. The middle layer is the managed ML services. And the top layer is the AI services. Our investments into each layer is making machine learning much easier and also much powerful, more powerful for our partners. Our partners are able to meet a wider array of customer needs, iterate and explore faster for finding the best machine learning models, and achieve more accurate results in a more cost-effective way. ML competency technology partners are providing the tools and solutions to help developers, developers and ML practitioners spanning data services, ML platforms, and SaaS and API solutions. And our ML competency consulting partners have an opportunity for them to combine their industry expertise and IP with their technical and delivery capabilities to solve customers' complex business challenges. And one example comes from our advanced consulting partner, Peak. Peak is helping Foot Asylum, a leading fashion foot retailer, uh, footwear retailer in the UK, by using its ML power algorithms to draw insights from past transactional and behavioral data of Foot Asylum customers. And Peak is hosting these machine learning models on AWS SageMaker. And using the Peak solution, Foot Asylum can deliver highly targeted, personalized marketing communications to existing and new customers promote products, and advertise promotional offers. And they've been able to see a 28% uplift in revenue per email sent, and has seen an 8,400% return on ad spend, which is 30 times higher than the industry average. And Amazon Connect is having an amazing resonance with customers globally. And with the launch of Contact Lens for Amazon Connect, we see the value that it brings to our customers increase even more over time. And we already have hundreds of consulting partners who are working with our customers to use Connect to completely transform the customer service experience. And what I personally find interesting and exciting about Connect is that it allows our ISV partners to develop value-added offerings on top of Connect in areas like customer relationship management or security or analytics or AI. And strong example of how partners are leveraging the power of Amazon Connect are Salesforce and Zendesk. Salesforce recently announced that they will be offering a pre-integrated version of Service Cloud with Amazon Connect as well as Amazon Transcribe. This combination will provide Salesforce customers with the most convenient, quickest path to deploying a voice-enabled Service Cloud solution. And Zendesk has worked closely with AWS 
to enhance the integration between Amazon Connect and Zendesk Talk Partner Edition. And this integration will allow both Amazon Connect customers and Zendesk customers to leverage the multiple AI ML services from AWS to improve agency efficiency and reduce the customer service interaction time. So I'd like to invite one of our customers on stage now to share how APN partners have helped them implement some exciting innovations inside their company. Please join me in welcoming Chris Ceruto, Vice President at Avis, to share how they're transforming the way they approach mobility. Thanks, Doug. I'm happy to be here. I'm thrilled to get a chance to share a little bit of our story of transformation with you about Avis Budget Group. So a bit about us. We're our global leader in mobility services, operating in more than 180 countries worldwide. You'll likely recognize some of our brands, Avis and Budget for car and truck rental, and Zipcar, the world's largest car sharing network. We offer a range of different services to bring vehicles closer to where our customers need them and when. Whether it's by the minute or by the hour, whether it's a one-way trip, a weekly or a month long. Now, a couple of years ago, like many of you, I'm sure, we started to see a dramatic shift in consumer preferences. More to on-demand services, more to access of a vehicle versus ownership. To mobile-first applications. And what we found was our customers not only expect, but they're more demanding personalization and transparency, right? So, we knew that we had to innovate our technology platform to be able to meet these customers where they were now, but also to be agile enough to meet the needs of tomorrow's customers. And so about two years ago, it's factored into our decision to fundamentally transform our company. Now, we're a legacy company. All right, so as one that's been in business for more than 70 years, as you can imagine, we've invested in legacy technology. But we've run a very successful business. And to put it in perspective, we have more than 600,000 cars globally that we operate. And really what that means is it adds up to more than $18 billion. We, in addition to the customer preferences that we saw changing, the other thing that we really saw was a massive change in the marketplace with aggressive new competitors in mobility. And we knew that we didn't have the luxury to sit around and wait and evolve. We knew we needed to transform. We knew we needed to do it now, and we needed to do it right. So we knew we needed both the technology platform as well as partners to help us on our journey. Enter Amazon Web Services. So we saw our move to AWS not as much as a lift and shift, but rather as a way to remove barriers, to allow us to pave a road to innovate. And now, AWS is home for many of the critical components of our mobility platform, including our connected vehicle solution, which powers our global telematics hub. This is where we bring vehicle data from across our fleet, different make, model years, into a single environment. And this lets us make decisions now in almost real time. We added real-time analytics in AWS using SageMaker and Lambda for serverless compute. 
And we designed and built our advanced data and our entire BI platform, also in AWS, which features our global enterprise data lake, our real-time data warehouse, and our visualization tools, leveraging AWS tech like Redshift and EMR. Now, this sounds really cool, right? Sounds cool, but so what? What does that mean? Let me tell you. For the first time ever, our cars are talking to us. So what does that mean? Well, before this, you can imagine, before AWS, at a given lot, an Avis employee would have to manually check every single tire for tire pressure before those vehicles could go out on rent. Now our cars tell us if they need air. And they'll tell us which tire needs attention. And they'll even tell us where they are in the lot. Sounds small, you can imagine. But now look at this across 2.4 million tires in our fleet. And you can imagine some of the efficiencies that we would gain. In addition, now when cars are returned and they get scanned in, we make an API call real time to AWS Analytics to determine what we do with the vehicle next whether we're going to get that car out immediately for rent or whether we're going to park it in a back lot. And this has allowed us to learn and change on the fly, but also keep the agent's experience simple. Now, when it comes to innovation, it is about partnerships as well. We couldn't have done this without help. Partners that we've integrated with that have provided new services to our customers that we don't have. Partners that we've integrated with that provide new lines of business and new revenue that we never would have had. APN technology partners that we've leveraged for the software and the services that are all running in our environment. And APN consulting partners that have helped us to design and implement all of this solution. By taking advantage of this partner ecosystem, we've been able to hit the ground running immediately, but also take advantage of all this great emerging tech that's going on. We're able to move fast, which we know we needed. Now, let me give some examples of how partners helped us on our journey. We chose Slalom to help us set up our real-time analytics environment in SageMaker. And what was great is they brought expertise we didn't have in-house in both the technology as well as in data science. And Slalom teamed up with TCS to help design and implement all of the components of our connected vehicle solution. TCS was also instrumental in helping us to rewrite and migrate a mission-critical mainframe application that delivers up-to-the-minute car rental rates to third-party travel sites as well. So all in all, our investment in innovation in our platform has benefited us financially immediately. We've seen benefits in cost through savings and operations, and we've seen an increase in revenue by driving up customer satisfaction, as well as by opening up avenues to new lines of business that we didn't have. For example, our connected cars can now report fuel to us within one-tenth of a gallon. And what that means is that now we're able to recoup more than one dollar of what would have been otherwise lost fuel per transaction. And so you can imagine at 167 million rental days, that does add up really quickly. Also, you know, when you have a fleet of more than 600,000 vehicles, it does happen occasionally that one of the cars may not be where you think it's going to be. And before AWS, we had limited means to be able to locate a vehicle and to be able to recover it. And now, the cars tell us exactly where they are. And so this has allowed us to take our average recovery time for a vehicle 
from 20 plus days down to two. Now, the benefits don't stop at just financial. I'm super thrilled to see that we've increased our overall customer satisfaction tremendously. And I'm also really excited to share with you guys that our Avis mobile app was just awarded the best mobile travel application by JD Power. Thank you, thank you, we're thrilled, yeah. This has also opened up avenues for new revenue for us to use our connected car data. So whether it's through fleet management as a service where we offer the same platform that powers our fleet to other fleet owners, or whether it's through our data for good initiative where we team up with cities and municipalities to fight things like congestion and traffic, or whether it's through our newly launched developer program. So what is next for Avis Budget Group? Well, we see ourselves leading a mobility ecosystem, one where all the connected cars come together with smart cities and other partners, and we bring new services and a whole new experience to our customers. But that's just the beginning. We're not at the end of the yellow brick road. We just got on it. It's time to be fearless. And it's time for us to build our own roads and pave a new future together. We couldn't be more excited about the future of mobility, about the role we get to play in it, about all the collaboration we've had with AWS partners and with AWS itself. Thank you guys very much. Thanks, Chris. That's such a great story of how Avis is working backwards from their customers to develop innovative solutions that improve their customer experience. It's a great story. You know, as customers like Avis Budget Group and BP migrate to the cloud as part of their digital transformation process, they want access to the same software that they had when they were, were on-premises as they migrate over to AWS. And that is why we work really hard to work with the industry-leading ISV software companies to make sure that their software was made available on AWS. And we're seeing a great number of those ISVs becoming very successful you know, working with our AWS customers. But you know, one of the things that we're also observing is that enterprise customers, as they move to the cloud, are looking for additional innovations that they can leverage in the cloud. And they're looking to work closely with startups. And as all of you know, we've always been very passionate about working with startups. And startups really love working with AWS. We offer many programs for startups, including our AWS Activate program, which provides a number of resources to help entrepreneurs get started on AWS with things like AWS credits, training, and support. And we have a great AWS startup team made up of entrepreneurs and investors who really understand how important it is for startups to move at speed. And additionally, we understand that startups usually have smaller teams and they require more prescriptive guidance and also assistance in 
finding the right APM programs or resources that are suitable for their business needs. And the other thing that we are seeing is that there are a number of mid to late stage startup companies in the enterprise space who already have a product that is gaining traction with some of their customers, but they're looking for additional support from AWS for, them, for us to jointly execute on a go-to-market strategy, especially for the enterprise segment. So today, I'm excited to announce the APN Global Startup Program. The program helps startups become enterprise ready by providing increased prescriptive benefits and also accelerated path to APN requirements and a more robust set of resources to help startups become much faster in achieving their growth aspirations. And to participate in this program, the startups need to meet certain criteria. One, they need to have raised a Series A or later funding from a top VC fund. Two, they need to have an innovative enterprise tech solution that's running on AWS with at least one product in GA. And third, we need to make sure that their executive team, whether that's the founder or other senior leaders, who are committed to engaging with AWS to make sure that the partnership is successful. We have over 270 launch partners in the program today, and we're seeing some exciting products and innovative solutions coming out of these companies. For example, SciSense offers an independent analytics platform that is tightly integrated with AWS and enables developers, business users, and data scientists to all collaborate together on a single platform. Auth0 is an identity platform for application builders and provides customers with an identity solution for their web, mobile, and IoT applications. And Benchling is a life science, life science R&D software used by more than 180,000 scientists worldwide to collaborate on experiments and manage research workflows. These are pretty amazing companies. The other key benefit for startups to work with AWS, I believe, is AWS Marketplace. Many of our partners that you just saw on the screen, they already have their products listed on Marketplace. Companies like Delphix or Wirewheel, Spotinst, DataCoral, they all have their listings and they're already gaining access to the millions of customers that use AWS. But obviously, Marketplace's impact goes far beyond the startups. All of the ISVs that we work with are benefiting significantly from using Marketplace to reach new customers. AWS Marketplace launched at the same time as the APN, and there has always been a tight connection between the two. It has been a route to market ever since its inception but it's become so much more. 
And to tell you more about the latest innovations in Marketplace, I'd like to invite my colleague, Dave McCann, to the stage to give you an update. But first, a quick video. AWS Marketplace accelerates the growth of our AWS business. AWS has transformed the way customers consume technology. Helps us work together to help our customers be successful with their journey to the cloud. AWS Marketplace enables its partners to enhance their customers' cloud transformation, no matter how they use it. Partners like New Relic help make informed decisions on how to move and optimize your applications to the AWS cloud. We work with some of the largest enterprises in the world as they journey to the cloud, and that's why we love AWS Marketplace's private offers capabilities. We help our customers succeed in building more perfect software. Or Optiv, whose cloud solution helps their clients reduce their risk in cybersecurity. We're seeing more and more of our customers move into AWS Cloud. Our partners like Palo Alto Networks, Fortinet, CrowdStrike, Trend Micro, and others are listed in the marketplace to provide our customers a wide variety of options. And CrowdStrike, where every second counts, and whose solutions can secure any workload you're running. Finding the right products to secure cloud workloads is critical to the success of any company's cloud migration journey. We're all about immediate time to value for our customers. Our customers want to go strategic with Amazon Web Services. Customers really like AWS Marketplace because it integrates right into their AWS bill and spend management tools. AWS Marketplace eliminates lengthy legal negotiations, saving time, money, and frustration. We've been an early adopter in the AWS Marketplace because we believe in the power of what it can do for our customers. It's been an amazing partnership because it's been driven by our joint interest in our customers' success. This is AWS Marketplace. Please welcome Vice President of Migration, Marketplace, and Control Services, Dave McCann. Good morning. It's a pleasure to be here, and I uh, can't believe this is my sixth reInvent, and the room gets bigger every year. Um, everybody in this room is involved in the supply chain of software and services to customers. And what I want to do very quickly is give you an update on how we're transforming that supply chain. And the supply chain that you're participating in and you're a key enabler of is the innovation for our customers is made possible by software. And software is a $450 billion supply chain and it's growing at 8%. It's an expanding business opportunity. That's a $30 billion increase every year that organizations are spending on software. And if you talk to CIOs where their budget for software was 18% of the IT budget was software, it's rising. And one recent pharmaceutical CIO told me that his budget is now 25% for software. But software, trans the transformation that's going on is the move to cloud. And how do we provision software in a modern way for the cloud? And how do you as our partners, either as a software partner or a consulting partner, how do you help the customer go faster, go and innovate quicker, reduce costs? So let's talk about what a supply chain and a marketplace is. A marketplace is where buyers and sellers exchange value. And in the old days, we shipped CDs, we ordered servers, it took three months. In a modern supply chain, we're working with distributed development teams. 
Customers want to be like AWS. They want to have two pizza teams. They're on two-week sprints. And they can build a product in 90 days. And so the ISV needs to modernize the supply chain right to the developer who wants to make decisions quickly. And the buyer is a development team. And they use many products on a project. Governance, however, says that finance, legal, and procurement need to know that risk is being managed well. And what everybody really wants is best price. And two years ago, we launched private offers, which is where the customer can negotiate terms and price between you, the ISV, and the buyer. And then we launched it for consulting partners. And let's talk about how that's playing out. The thing I think I would have you all think about that we've learned this year is that architects at customers, and Stuart at BP has a set of architects. Those architects are over different domains, networking, security, BI, DevOps, migration. And each architectural team are making choices over vendor, choices over contract type, whether it's over Kubernetes or whether it is over instance or whether it is over SaaS. Security has to be everywhere. Everything has to be secured. Machine learning says that intelligence is now a new business transformation mandate. And CIOs of application portfolios all have to make choices about software. But there are a few people in legal, finance, and IT who are trying to move as fast as the developers. So you have 6,000 developers on the right-hand side and 20 people on the left-hand side, and we're modernizing that supply chain. And we're building that capability, working with partners sitting in this audience. And there are multiple activities going on. And how do we speed this up? The first thing we have to do is meet the builder where the builder is. And when we launched Marketplace, Marketplace was a site. Then we put Marketplace in our number one console, which is the EC2 console. But in the last year, we've extended Marketplace discovery into the ECS console, the EKS console, the SageMaker console. And I'm pleased to say that last week, we exposed Marketplace and a set of vendors in the Redshift console. Now, application buyers want to discover applications organized by industry. So while we embed infrastructure software into the right console, we've also launched this year healthcare marketplace, financial services marketplace, a telco marketplace, a public sector marketplace, and there will be further vertical expressions and collections of software for the application buyer. We want to make it easy and fast because cloud is about agility. Now, as we do that, the most compelling thing you do in a marketplace is you give the buyer, the developer, the builder, the architect best choice. And we call that an Amazon selection. And I'm delighted to say this morning that we're launching in Marketplace 100 new additional ISVs. And we have people in security like FireEye who have now published or over in the data space with a Veeam or you move into the data movement space with a Talend. And in DevOps, where people want to have the best tools possible, I'm pleased to say that we're launching GitHub and HashiCorp in Marketplace. And then as we begin to put more vertical applications into Marketplace, in financial services, I'm delighted to say we're launching with FICO. And in healthcare, $3.5 billion public software company Change Healthcare is now publishing multiple applications right into Marketplace. So selection and choice is really important. And if you're a software vendor, we're publishing you to the millions of customers worldwide. Now, as we increase selection, that causes momentum. And every time we add an ISV, it brings an intentional developer. And that intentional developer has a project. And so now we have over a million active subscriptions. It's rising by the day. 
And so while I'm on stage here, there'll be people around the world who are subscribing to a product. And it could be in a dev account, it could be in a prod account, it could be in a learning account. And we have over 260,000 active customers that are now using Marketplace. And we have large corporations with over 1,000 subscriptions. Our largest customer has over 2,000 subscriptions. And it's not uncommon for a company to have purchased 30, 40, 50 vendors now out of Marketplace. And as we expand listings, it creates this repeated pattern. So we're transforming the customer experience. So if you're an ISV and you're not in Marketplace, you should be thinking that the customer's learning how to procure in Marketplace. Now, until now, we've been discussing software in Marketplace, which is a $450 billion supply chain. But as one analyst said recently, the currency of the 21st century is data. And so two weeks ago, we launched a new service in AWS built on top of Marketplace called AWS Data Exchange. Now, Data Exchange brings to the data industry what Marketplace has brought to the software supply chain. It has a standardized API. Vendors can publish to that API. And I, as a data consumer, a business analyst or a data analyst at a pharma company or a data analyst at a bank, can go into a new console, Data Exchange. I can discover it in Marketplace, point, click, subscribe, and move it straight into my S3 bucket. And more importantly, that data supply is going to be refreshed daily or weekly by the supplier. So I can have a Lambda function triggered to bring in new versions from my supplier. And I get an SNS notification that a new version of the data file that my application used has been moved into my S3 bucket. And now I have an automated supply chain from my data suppliers. In the past, if you are a pharma company, you're bringing in 5,000 data suppliers from 5,000 different APIs. And now you have a common API into your S3 bucket. And we have tremendously successful data suppliers for financial services like Thomson Reuters or at Equifax or at TransUnion. And for healthcare, we have Change Healthcare, whose data is anonymized patient patterns that insurers and hospitals want to use to reduce cancer treatment costs. And over in location and shipping base area, we have consumer data for the likes of a Foursquare. And we're building out the same data supply model for data exchange as we are for marketplace. So if you now combine data and software, the private offers work that we've done in the last year has been an invitation-only program. We've had over 100 software companies help work with us on tuning, modifying, and improving our private offer workflow between the buyer and the provider, the seller. And I'm pleased to announce today that we're now making private offers available to all ISVs in marketplace as of today. So if you're a product manager, a sales director, a VP of operations, and you go into the Marketplace seller portal this morning, there's a new little button that allows you to create private offer. You could be dealing with the VP of procurement or the director of engineering at your customer. You can negotiate price and terms. And what we've observed with thousands of private offers done across thousands of companies is that during the negotiation, you're actually going to change that private offer term four or five times in the last three weeks of the quarter. As legal puts in new terms, price comes up, price goes down, payment terms get negotiated, and all the payment terms, the pricing, the legal, can all be modified, iterated in the private offer, published, subscribed, billed, and collected. This used to be called CPQ, 
configure price quote, and there was quote to cash. And we've automated the entire supply chain transaction from quote to collection and disbursement. And for financial reporting, we've worked with top companies like New Relic and with Splunk, and thank you to them and to Trend to improve the reporting back to the ISV. So we're doing a full digital transformation here. Now, Amazon, over the years, and Andy talks about this, AWS as part of our supply chain model constantly improves the cost equation. And I'm pleased to announce this morning we're reducing the fulfillment fees on private offers. So effective 2020, the fee that the ISV pays for the billing, the fulfillment, the disbursement, the collection, those fees will be adjusted by 10% or greater depending on the price tier for that private offer model. Now, another key fact is that most software goes through a consulting partner or a VAR. And if you ask the large software companies like a Cisco or a Trend or a Splunk or a NetApp, a lot of their software, 70 to 90%, depending on a vendor, actually goes through a VAR because you give them reach, the partner gives them reach in 195 countries, and they just don't have enough people to deal with customers. So I'm pleased to say that we've iterated new versions of private offers for consulting partners, and the consulting partners that we've been working with to design the new improvements are our leaders like Optiv in the security space, SHI in Rackspace, Computer Center in Europe, Presidio, and we've iterated a set of changes. And now, in actual fact, the ISV can issue a wholesale price to the partner, and the partner can go run a campaign to their customers and issue private offers to the customers. And then payment terms are negotiated by the reseller. And again, everything is automated in marketplace. So we're transforming the supply chain with the consulting partner. Now, that's been through private offers. A number of our partners actually have their own private portal to customer. And they really want the marketplace experience visible in their private portal. And I'm pleased to say that when we launched Data Exchange, we worked with the Deloitte Health and Life Sciences Division and in one of their products, they have now exposed the marketplace data in their portal to their customers, and thousands of data scientists using the Deloitte platform can see the data offers directly in the Deloitte platform. And in the government sector in the US, our first partner there is DLT, so this is a permissioned API. We provide the API to the reseller, and the reseller can curate what the reseller displays in their authenticated portal to the customer. And it gives the reseller a private portal direct to customer. This is available today. Now, I've talked about innovating for the ISV. I've talked about innovating for the consulting partner. But in a marketplace, you have to innovate for the buyer. And for the buyer, in governance, while the engineer wants to point-click subscribe in marketplace, procurement and legal need to keep a record in procurement. And that's a Sarbanes-Oxley control issue, particularly over $75,000 if you're a publicly regulated company. And so I'm pleased to say that last week we released our integration with Ariba, and most large companies use either Cooper or Ariba, and you can now integrate that workflow directly into the procurement system. And then if you're moving over onto containers and Kubernetes, we, a few weeks ago, released long-term contracts on Kubernetes, and we have ISVs that have gone out quickly with us on this. And then for IT finance, who want to know if you're over budget, we've released new capabilities in Marketplace to inherit the tags on the EC2 instance, attach it to the software, and make it available in cost and visibility reporting for partners like Cloud Health, Cloudability, and Cloud Checker. So IT finance and legal have to benefit from this supply chain transformation.
And one of the hardest parts of supplying software into a customer is where on the network, how on the network, how is it mapped to the VPC, what is the risk? And I'm pleased to say that the EC2 networking team released, re released VPC Ingress this week. And with VPC Ingress, we're exposing layer two traffic and their top networking and security partners and marketplace can automatically now read the traffic on that VPC and increase security and visibility on that network traffic. And we have a whole set of vendors that can now create new versions of the product in marketplace, leveraging a brand new feature right out of the networking team visible in the EC2 console. And this is an example of the flywheel of innovation that partners get with marketplace integration. So in totality, we automate for the buyer, we automate for the consulting partner, we automate for the seller, we take cost and friction, we go right to the console of the developer, we allow you to publish fast on a catalog API, you can now view in a discovery API, and we're allowing our customers to innovate faster and this is a growing category in the industry of software and the opportunity for you is to grow your business and your consulting expertise by giving customers software in marketplace at fast speed to distributed teams. Thank you very much. Thanks, Dave. It's awesome to hear about all the innovations that's happening on Marketplace. As I mentioned in the beginning, we always knew partners would be a strategic part of our business. And this is something that our CEO, Andy Jassy, has been very vocal about. And I'd like to invite Andy to the stage to talk about how partners are impacting our business. Doug. Great to have you here. <laughs> Great to be here. <laughs> um, you know, it's a little strange because the last couple of years I've been in the backstage watching you on stage, so it's kind of strange being here. Yeah, it's great. Uh, uh, it was, I was lucky enough to have Doug, for those of you who didn't know, as my chief of staff, and uh, all the things that look good up here the last couple of years, Doug was a big piece of, and it's, it's fun to be here uh, Thank as you. a guest. Thank you. Um, you know, when I was your chief of staff, we uh, spent a lot of time in customer meetings and partner meetings together. And, you know, after some of those meetings, you would tell me, you know, how important partners are to our business. So I thought it would be great if you can just share some thoughts about, you know, what you think partners mean to our business and how you would like to see them evolve over time. Sure. Well, really since the very start, of AWS, I mean, really, since we first imagined the business and, and we launched some of the services, we always felt like the partner ecosystem was going to be incredibly strategic to the business, and it has been, uh, and primarily because our customers need the people in this room. You know, uh, our customers want to move to the cloud with the software they've been using for a long period of time, or, you know, increasingly taking advantage of the new software that's available that they can run on top of the cloud. And, you know, and then they want to work with, they need help moving to the cloud and thinking through how to migrate and how to modernize and uh, you know, how to think about the new world of data and, how, and you know, really how to evolve their businesses. And so we've um, had a, a very deep focus in working with the partner ecosystem 
uh, you know, we, if you look at the ISV and SaaS community, the um, vast majority of them have, have adapted their software to run on top of AWS, and lots of uh, folks in the room, Salesforce and Workday and Splunk and Infor and Informatica and Tipco and Twilio, it's, it's a very, very broad group. And, you know, same thing with systems integrators where, you know, everyone from the very large global systems integrators like Deloitte and Accenture and Cognizant and Capgemini and Wipro and Infosys to a lot of the um, emerging uh, and fast-growing regional SIs like Slalom and, uh, and Rackspace and, you know, and then a lot of the board in the cloud SIs like uh, Second Watch and Onica and ClearScale and All Cloud and uh, CloudReach and CloudPack. It's just a, it's a very broad and diverse ecosystem and there's just no way that customers would have made the progress that they've made so fast without the people in this room. I think a lot of times people will ask us, did, you know, did you predict that the business would have grown as fast as it has? And all of us say no. I mean, I think when we started thinking about this back in 2003 and first launched some of the services in 2006, if you told us where we were today, we would have taken it in a nanosecond. But a, a big piece of it has been the people in this room that have helped customers uh, you know, move much more quickly and invent uh, at a much faster clip for their customers and, and save money in the process. Yeah. yeah, I think you would agree that we have so much more opportunities right now. Right? Yeah. Um, you know, this week, uh, we've been talking a lot about transformation. Yeah. Um, you know, how can partners help customers with that transformation and also how should partners think about potentially transforming themselves? Yeah, it's a good question. And, uh, you know, I think that if, if you think about the, um, the six key pieces that we talked about yesterday during my keynote uh, in what constitute major transformations, that first piece that I talked about, which is really not technical, but very much about leadership, is something that I think really applies to a lot of the people in this room and to our partner ecosystem as well. I mean, this is an incredible opportunity, unlike any other that we've had in our lifetimes and that we will in our lifetimes, to transform companies and to transform yourselves. And it's, it starts with trying to make some of the hard decisions you have to make and what you're going to prioritize and, and, and where you're going to take your businesses. And, uh, you know, Doug and I have had lots of conversations because uh, we were fortunate to spend a lot of time together when, when he was chief of staff. And we talk a lot about, in, in my opinion, one of the very most important things as a senior leader that is often underrated is prioritization. You just, if you want to do a lot, if you want to do something well and something that's one of the best in the world, you can't do everything. And so when people present you uh, a choice and the choice is, um, do you want to do these eight things and you say yes, or do you want to do these three or four things equally and you say yes, you're not really making a choice. In fact, the prioritization decision you're making is not to prioritize. And so you have to make some hard decisions about what you're going to do in the business. And that's, you know, it's part of what I was talking about yesterday where companies have to make the decision they're going to, they're going to transform and get the senior leadership team aligned and then pick aggressive top-down goals. But it's true here too, and you know, I look at, you know, I look at a few examples. If I look maybe four or five years ago, and the the, the major contributors as systems integrators in our ecosystem, you know, I would say that a, a company like Deloitte 
was doing some business, but not a lot, not a major player. And I just look at the way that Janet Foudy came in, who, who was running Deloitte at the time on the consulting side, and she just totally changed the way that they approached the cloud and, and the partnership that we had with them. And, um, but it was a very conscious, top-down decision that she got her team aligned, that they were going to actually make a big push. And then she built very aggressive goals and drove it all the way through it. And, and Deloitte is an amazing senior leadership team, and they are one of our very top SI partners today. But that happened because a senior leader top-down got the team aligned and picked an aggressive top-down goal and made it happen. And I would say, this, I could tell almost an exact story, although a little bit different background with what Brad Jackson did at Slalom. Just he saw earlier than a lot of other folks what was happening and decided not to hedge his bets in an equal way. And he got really committed to the cloud and really committed to helping his clients move into this next generation and very deep uh, with AWS. And, you know, just, again, one of our very top partners and helping a lot of companies move. I see the same thing with Kevin Jones and Rackspace right now. And you just, I think you've got to make a decision because it's hard to, if you try to be everything to everybody and try to be good at everything, you end up usually being mediocre at everything. And when we talk to customers and they, uh, they ask us all the time, who should we work with to, to modernize and to move into the cloud, what they want is not just somebody who they've heard of, although a lot of times they're willing to work with an SI they haven't heard of, what they care most about is are there a lot of people who've been trained in a platform and who are deep in it and have dedicated professionals to it and who have done a lot of jobs helping companies move, even lots of pilot jobs. It's kind of like if you have to get surgery, um, and I had surgery uh, in, in the last year, and everybody told me the, the main question asked the doctors that I was talking to were, how many times have you done the surgery? <laughs> it's a pretty good question, and I think customers are going to ask, you know, they do ask that same type of question, and so I think that that's the number one thing I think that a lot of companies have to figure out is making that prioritization decision on what you're going to focus on and what you're going to be great at, because you can't be great at everything. And then, you know, I think that um, there are, if, if, if I were uh, involved in an SI, the opportunities to help companies modernize and do mass migrations is, is such incredible opportunity. Almost every significant enterprise needs help doing that. And it's just, you know, from the basics of building data lakes and landing zones and um, helping people move away from mainframes and uh, helping people move to more uh, open and performant relational database options you know, continuing transition from Windows to Linux. I mean, there's all these things that go uh, uh, lockstep with making these big mass migrations that are giant opportunities. And if you actually do that work for customers, when you're done, it's not like they say goodbye to you. There are all kinds of opportunities because you, you know the customers so well and you've been so instrumental in helping them move to this new technology platform that you can have other ways to help grow as well. So those are some of the things. I think on the ISV side, uh, if, if you haven't adapted your software to work in the cloud yet, uh, I would really giddy up on that one. And uh, if you haven't uh, adjusted your uh, business model to have per hour pricing and, and the type of pricing people expect in the cloud, um, also something really important. And then, you know, I think that you should be really thinking carefully about how you can use machine learning and AI in what you're doing, because I think virtually every area of software is going to be reinvented over time with cloud and machine learning as the linchpins underneath them. Yeah.
Thanks for that, Andy. I think, I mean, I you know, completely agree uh, on the point that you made about making those hard trade-offs. I think a lot of us sometimes underestimate the importance of those making trade-offs. Um, so let's talk about innovation. Uh, you know, yesterday was pretty amazing with all those new services that we launched. Um, and you know, I was just telling the audience that you know, when we launch these new um, services, it creates new opportunities for our partners to help our customers. And there are going to be a lot of new business models that can be built around those new innovations. Um, so you know, in your opinion, what are, you know, what are two or three top uh, new services that we launched yesterday, or just areas, where you think the partner should really focus on? Two or three? <laughs> <laughs> I know we have many. It's not a soup question, <laughs> Doug. You know, uh, I think that, you know, there's a lot of them, and uh, I'll just try to pick a few. Uh, you know, I think, you know, first off, just given the age that we live in with how much data is being stored, and as, as I was trying to share yesterday, I have this very strong belief, which I don't think is brain surgery, that as much data is, is being stored today and processed and analyzed, it's a fraction of what's coming the next five years. I think just helping customers think about what analytics tools they should be using and the right purpose-built databases that are going to help them change what their applications can do and the customer experience they provide is, is a, a great opportunity. And again, it's, it comes down to a little bit to prioritization and what you want to do, but I think that lots of, um, there have been a lot of practices over time that have been focused on trying to help people um, you know, move to some of the older guard commercial grade relational databases. And I just think the day of most of the workloads running on them have come and gone. I mean, modern companies with modern technology capabilities are not going to be running the vast majority of their applications on relational databases. So I think trying to get your heads around that and helping customers think that through and think about what the right tool for the right job is and then using, you know, again, getting the right data store and data lake set up with the right analytics tools on top of them is, is kind of the first area. I'd say the second would be, I just think that machine learning, the opportunities in that space, you know, I, I believe that virtually every application over time is going to be infused with machine learning and AI in some fashion. And it just the tools that you now have available to you to help your customers build machine learning models and deploy them into production is just wildly different from what existed three or four years ago with what's there with SageMaker and now SageMaker Studio. So I just think those are incredible opportunities um, to, to change businesses. And I think the edge, too, uh, and I didn't spend much time yesterday talking about IoT, because I only had three hours to speak. But, <laughs> but, but um, you know, if you look at what's happening, there are millions and millions of devices all over the place at the edge, in our houses, in our offices, in factories, in oil fields, in agricultural fields, in cars, and planes, and ships, everywhere. And these devices have relatively little CPU and disk, so the cloud becomes disproportionately important in supplementing that. And there's all this data that lives on sensors um, that people actually want to capture and analyze and take action on. And you know that's, uh, that's something that I think is also an incredible opportunity. There are a lot of companies who have assets at the edge that want to get value from it. 
and they want to actually have, you know, get help figuring out how to get that in the cloud and how to get the right analytics, um, and then how to actually send uh, um, directions and actions and information back to the sensors so they can actually improve their productivity. And some of those actions will happen in the cloud, and some of those actions, they want to happen on the device itself. It's part of why we build something called Greengrass, which allows developers to, with a single pane of glass to decide which triggers they want to send data to the cloud and which triggers they want to allow the compute to happen on the device itself. And Greengrass allows you to do that. And so there's, um, there's a lot of capabilities there. You know, people increasingly, as they're starting to make use of their assets at the edge, are wanting to do machine learning at the edge as well. And so there's just, I think there's a great opportunity for, to help, for you to help people change their customer experiences, change their, their knowledge and information about their assets at the edge. Yeah. Now I have a feeling that all the new services that we launched yesterday will jumpstart a bunch of new companies too. Yeah. And you know, um, we just launched the uh, APN Global Startup Program, and I know you're passionate about uh, startups. And um, maybe you could just share why you're so you know passionate about startups and what startups mean to our business. Well, you know, I think that the way we think about AWS today. And the way we run the business is almost like a big startup. You know, I mean, I think we have more, more process and more mechanisms, mechanisms maybe than, than smaller startups, but we really think of ourselves as a big startup and we, we operate in a very decentralized fashion and um, speed and pace and, um, and obsessively listening to customers and trying to invent on their behalf are all really core principles. And when when we wrote the vision document to propose AWS inside the company, what we had in the, in the narrative was that the mental model we had was that we wanted to enable any individual in his or her own garage or house or, or dorm room to be able to have access to the same scale of infrastructure and cost structure as the largest companies in the world. And we, we really believed that so many individuals had great business ideas but couldn't afford to take lots of shots at trying those ideas and we wanted to be a, a part of a thousand flowers blooming and you know I think when um, because the builders at Amazon and the type of people we hire are very entrepreneurial there we have a certain kinship with entrepreneurs um, where we understand what it means to want to build and to want to invent and to try to experiment and to push the envelope and, and to have the room and the flexibility to fail. Because the fact is, when you're trying to invent something new, you're going to fail a lot. You just, if it was simple, everybody would invent. And so we, um, we're very passionate about startups. Um, they you know, also just very practically end up becoming the enterprises of five to 10 years from now. And I find that successful startups, it's hard to know, are they startups or enterprises? Is Airbnb a startup mm -hmm. or an enterprise? Yeah. Is Pinterest a startup or an enterprise? Is Slack a startup or an enterprise? Lines are right? you, know, like you can kind of go through them and, and uh, they still innovate like they're startups, mm -hmm. but they're pretty significant companies at this point. And so we have a lot of passion uh, for startups and we have a lot of passion for helping them and I think that when we look back on the history of AWS when people ask us what we're most proud of 
uh, one of the things that I always think of is I remember when we had the recession of um, 2008 or so, and, and there were those very gloomy PowerPoint decks running around the internet saying, you know, startups don't expect to get next rounds of funding and don't expect new companies to be funded. But actually, just about the same number of startups got funded in significant part because they could use AWS in the cloud to get going and not to have to lay out those millions of dollars that they had to raise for the infrastructure of the data centers and the servers, but they got to try their ideas multiple times until they found resonance and then actually had a business. So we're pretty passionate about it. I'm excited about the program that you just announced for, for startup ISVs. And we, we do everything we can to try and uh, not just help our, our startups get going, but also connect them with enterprises who can consume their products and services. Oh. Yeah, it is pretty crazy. I mean, it was only a few years ago when we were a startup, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, but isn't it crazy that it's the eighth reInvent already? And we have 65,000 customers and partners attending this week. It's pretty awesome. And I, 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 remember the, I remember the very first reInvent, we were really anxious about whether we could convince 4,000 people to come. We thought that was a giant number. And uh, just looking around this room, having the partner summit here yeah. in this room, I mean, it's just, it's, it's, it's yeah. really cool. And you know, our, our event's a little different where we provide a lot of education, training uh, yeah. to our customers and partners. And there's a lot of great content this week. You know, uh, for the partners, what would you suggest in terms of how to maximize their, sort of the value that they get from this event? Well, you know, you're, you're here with 65,000 peers. There are a lot of people, and I think you get a sense of the excitement and, and the, the feeling like you're part of a movement that's changing what's possible for companies and for customers, ultimately. So I think taking advantage of um, all of the people who are here, um, ask questions of your peers, ask people what they're doing, go to a lot of the sessions, and really invest in learning I would invest in training um, and where you, you can get people certified, I would do that as well. But I would also, you know, and, and I hear this um, anecdotally almost every year that we do reInvent from different customers who stop me either at reInvent or, or after, who say, you know, I was excited about the cloud, we were doing something with the cloud, but we weren't, you know, deeply invested yet. And then I went to reInvent, and I spent the week with my senior leaders here and my team here. And at a certain point, we got together and we said, we've got to get committed. Like, like let's go. And I think that if you can, on top of the learning from each other and the learning from the sessions and the learning about the services and the training and all of those things, if you could also take that learning and that inspiration and sit down as a team and think about what you're going to do differently, I think it will be a week well spent. Mm. All right, Andy, one last question for you. Uh, and this is more of a personal question. Um, you know, I don't think a lot of people in the audience actually know how passionate you are about education. And, mm. and I know that you know, you've been deeply involved with Rainier Scholars. Um, and so you know, could you share you know, why you're so passionate about education? And, and also, you know, how you see technology potentially changing education and improving education? Yeah. Well, um, it's a very good question, and uh, I am passionate about it. You're right about it. And I think that education is the key that opens doors to opportunities for every person around the world. And 
Rainier Scholars that you mentioned is an organization in the Seattle area whose mission is to enable kids of color who've never had a family member attend college get ready for, um, get into college and graduate college. And the program actually mails uh, all of the um, kids of color in uh, King County, uh, in Highline, in Renton, which are you know major areas in the, in the Seattle area, um, after their fourth grade year and invites them to the program. And we pick a cohort each year of about 80 kids. And they come after the summer of fourth grade for five days a week, eight hours a day, six and a half weeks in the summer. So think about what you were doing during the summer when you were in fourth and fifth grade and then compare that to what I just said. And then uh, they go through fifth grade and they come Wednesday from 3.37 and Saturday from 8.30 to 4. And then they do the same thing they did the summer after fourth grade in fifth grade. And in that 14-month acceleration program, we're trying to get the kids uh, about a, uh, a grade level above where they are because so, they're going to enter uh, uh, independent schools or advanced um, uh, curriculum in the public schools where they're going to be in a different situation in a different um, uh, social environment where we want them to feel comfortable academically as they're adjusting to that. And the program has been incredibly successful and, and uh, um, the, the, you know, we've had every single Rainier Scholar graduate and have multiple choices. Um, for college, and something like 97% of them have graduated within five years, and you just see that, and and then you look at it, and you, for us, it, it, with Rainier Scholars, we take 80 kids and have 800 kids apply. Mm -hmm. That's just in one part of the country, and so it's just um, when you when you watch programs like that, you realize that so many kids can do it mm -hmm. if they're given the right training and the right organizational skills, and the right mentorship, and the right coaching. And, and then I think you look around the world, but I'll just keep it to the US as an example. In the United States, we are now 35th out of 50 developed countries in education. If we don't think that that is going to impact the future of this country, we are kidding ourselves. And yet, for some reason, we don't see it as a crisis in this country. And I think it's a major crisis, and I think that we have to find a way to optimize for the kids instead of optimizing for the grown-ups. And there's this crazy thing in this polarized world that we live in right now where there's, um, you know, whenever you're in a rut academically, and you could argue why it is or, or you know, uh, that, you know, uh, it's nobody's fault, whatever it is, if you're 35 out of 50 and you're in the United States, that's a rut. Mm -hmm. If you're in a rut in anything, the only way out of that box is experimenting and actually innovating. And so I find it so crazy in our country, this debate about charter schools. Well, you know, I'm also involved in a charter school. Charter schools are not a panacea, mm -hmm. but they are one idea that's an innovation when executed right can be very successful. We have to try 20 types of ideas. We can't just keep doing the same thing over and over again because that's the way we've done it. We still run education in our country like we're an agrarian society. So, you know, I think that we need to innovate and we need to try lots of things in education. And I think that technology can very much play a part of that. I mean, I think that, I, you know, I'm thankful that my kids can go to four-year liberal arts colleges, but I don't think they're going to be the same number of liberal arts colleges in 10 years from now. I just think it's too expensive, and I think people aren't going to be able to afford to go to school for four years. And 
I think we need to innovate the two-year programs that we have. And, and we need to have them more focused on the big job opportunities, of which there are a lot of them in, in each of the countries, including this one. And so I just think technology can and should play a very significant role in our innovating to evolve our education system, because we have to. If we continue on the path we're on, it's going to be, I think, uh, it's going to have very serious ramifications for our kids and our grandkids. That's uh, very inspiring, Andy. Uh, again, thank you for spending time with us today. And I know you're a major supporter for all the partners in this room. Uh, and we'll make sure that all of the partners in our network will continue to work hard to support all of our customers. Yeah, I, I appreciate being here. And I really appreciate your spending the week with us. And, and most importantly, we appreciate the partnership. And it's such an unbelievable opportunity for all of us. Uh, with the technology that's here and the capabilities that are here and how we can help customers transform themselves and their customer experiences and their businesses. And we can't wait to partner with you. So thanks very much for the time, guys. Appreciate it. Thank you, Andy. All right, that was awesome. Um, you know, you, you heard uh, this from Andy um, today in the fireside chat, but also from uh, his talk yesterday, that one of the key reasons why customers choose to work with AWS is because we offer the right tool for the right job to be done. And, you know, I completely agree with that. But I think, you know, for me, one of the other reasons why customers choose to work with AWS is because through APN, we're able to help customers find the right partner for the job to be done. And there are some key things that customers tell us that they look for in APN partners. Um, you know, for example, the customers, when they're looking for a, a consulting partner to work with, they're looking for a partner that has the you know, has a dedicated team of AWS experts who have deep skills and also specialized skills uh, to help them get the job done. And also, they're looking for consulting partners who are able to bring their industry expertise, some of their IP, some of their customer successes, so that they can come and build the right differentiated offering for the customer. And for technology partners, as Andy said, you know, having the solution that's easy to deploy and run on AWS is critical for customers. And also, customers want those services from our partners to be well integrated with AWS services so that when they use the partner products, that they're able to maximize the value that they can get from the AWS innovations. And for both, you know, this may be obvious, but Andy talked about you know, his time, you know, the questions that he should be going, asking when he goes to um, get something done with his doctor. It's the same question that the customers are asking for, which is you know, they want partners who have been able to show customer obsession and have been able to provide a consistently high quality experience that meet or exceed the expectations of their customers. And those are very important for customers when they are choosing which partner to 
work with. And so I'd like to showcase three partners who embody these characteristics and are putting APN to work for them. So let's listen to their stories. Since joining the APN network, the rate and pace of our business has more than doubled. It is kind of the foundation uh, through which we scale. It was truly valuable to us as a company. We were excited about leveraging the AWS partner network because of all the benefits that we believed it would afford Alfresco. We started off with just an S3 connector, and now we support 55 of the AWS services natively. One of the real advantages of being an APN is the ACE program. This allows us to closely orchestrate not just our sales efforts, but our marketing efforts. One of the things that we're gonna do is get really prescriptive about the outcomes that F5 wants to drive for customers that are building new applications or migrating to AWS. We're probably migrating two dozen customers a quarter, and increasingly, we're migrating their complete enterprise data center up onto the AWS platform. That's huge for us. The APM service or program that we've had the most success with is SaaS Factory. We get customers ask us all the time if our solutions have passed the AWS security competency through the APN, and we're able to tell them yes. Working with AWS, and since we've entered this partnership and become a premier partner, our business is doubling each year, and it's accelerating. When we started on our journey to the cloud, we chose AWS as our partner for one simple reason. AWS was number one by a mile, and they still are. You know, uh, that's a great video, and we want all of our partners to achieve the same level of success as Velocity, F5, and Alfresco. And like these partners share, there are many ways APN helps you grow your business with AWS. It's important that we offer you the right program for the jobs that your customers want to get done. APN programs, the way we think about it is that it's a scaling mechanism to ensure that our partners of all sizes, of all types, across all locations are ready to serve our mutual customers. And we build these programs based on your feedback and our customers' feedback. And I'm going to highlight two programs that we believe can really help you differentiate you in the market. First is the AWS Service Delivery Program. It's a program that validates APN consulting partners' proven experience delivering specific AWS services to our customers. Partners in this program are showcased on the AWS service pages for that service, and we have 24 designations available right now, and are always listening to our customers to see which additional services that we should include. And as I mentioned before, our customers want APN technology products that are well integrated with AWS. But right now, the process for how customers are able to tell which, which products are well integrated, it's not that simple. Customers have to 
basically evaluate and test those applications themselves or have to reach out to our service teams or our partner teams to have them help with the recommendations. And you know, this process slows down our customers, and we don't like that. And so today, I'm excited to announce the AWS Service Ready program. This program is designed to reduce the time customers spend finding the right partner products that are well integrated with AWS services that they are currently using in their environment. For each service, partners must meet a set of criteria that are set by the service team and also the general principles around our well-architected framework. And our SAs will be the ones who will be validating each product to ensure that they are validated, uh, they are uh, well integrated with our services. APM technology partners whose products are part of this program will receive promotion on the AWS service pages. They will get highlighted to our field sales teams, and they will be eligible to receive leads and opportunities from AWS. Partners that you see behind me are our launch partners for AWS Private Link and Amazon Redshift. And today, we're accepting applications for Lambda, RDS, as well as Outpost. The second program that I want to highlight to all of you is our competency program for our APN consulting and technology partners. We launched the program six years ago based on the feedback from our customers who wanted partners with capabilities and proven success in delivering specific solutions, workloads, and in industries. The designation helps partners differentiate themselves to our customers by showcasing expertise in the areas that you see on the screen here. And you know, we're you know, constantly listening for feedback from our customers on what additional competencies that they want from APM partners. And recently, the customers have been telling us that they would like to see more partners and for us to have you know, partners with that competency around retail industry. So we looked at number of retail partners who have that industry expertise as well as solutions. And you know, not many people you know, may know this, but we have thousands of retail customers who are using AWS right now and we have many more who are looking to use AWS so that they can provide a seamless digital and physical experiences to their customers. So today, I'm excited to announce our new AWS Retail Competency. With this competency, customers can discover technology products and leading consulting practice with increased confidence. These partners are retail specialists who set a very high bar in deploying AI ML, data lakes, analytics, IoT, and process change management needed for successful retail modernization and transformation. The key benefits for the program are promotion on AWS website and partner solution finder, as well as to our field sellers and additional go-to-market funding, including industry event participation 
and additional market development funding. We have 39 consulting partners, as well as 11 technology partners today, and we look forward to working with more of you for this competency. Another industry that I'd like to highlight today is the public sector. Many of our partners help public sector customers with digital transformation, and APN has a number of programs specifically for public sector partners. So I'd like to invite my colleague, Sandy Carter, to the stage to share our public sector story. Well, good morning. Doug told me to break a leg when I came out here, so I did. <laughs> um, it is so great to be here with you today, uh, especially having just taken the job of running public sector partners and programs this last September. And what I've been spending my time on is talking to you. I did four roundtables on Monday with our public sector partners really learning about what are the core things that you're interested in. And it really brought up for me one of my very favorite quotes. Now, you guys know who Michael Jordan is, right? Great basketball player, I love basketball. And this is one of my favorite quotes because this is from Stacy King, who is a rookie. And he said, I will always remember this as the night that Michael Jordan and I combined to score 70 points. Stacey King scored one point. So why does this remind me of today? Well, because I've been listening to your great suggestions, everything I'm going to be talking to you about today were ideas that you gave to us. Andy just spoke about working backwards from the customer. I've been working backwards from you, our partners, to come up with a lot of things for public sector. So this is really important for all of us today in the room because the growth potential in public sector is pretty amazing. So as you look at the different areas, government, we have over 7,000 customers in the government space working on GovCloud today and innovating in that space. In education, we have over 12,000 customers with 41 education competency partners that go from doing compute to VMware Cloud on AWS. We also have over 30,000 nonprofits, and those include healthcare, hospitals, because a lot of those hospitals are nonprofits as well. And in addition, startups. So Doug announced today a startup program for APN. We also have a very specific startup focus for our public sector partners as well. So if you think about all of these different areas, we have some really amazing stories around these of how our partners have helped us differentiate. So for example, take Flat Six Grass. They are an incubator, an accelerator in Bahrain. Bahrain is like the next Silicon Valley of the Middle East. And we've been working with them to really drive innovation into the government space in Bahrain. If you also look at Arcus Global, they built the UK's 
first official sensitive application, and that's a hosting platform on AWS. They migrated hundreds of servers to the cloud for local authorities, including the National Health Service for the UK using Amazon Connect. We also have folks like Bark Technologies, which is a social monitoring tool. And what does that do? Well, it helps with our schools. They monitor and help 4.2 million children working with the National Police Foundation. And then, of course, we have SAP NS2. So NS2 is specifically designed for government. The US Navy consolidated 26 different ERP systems onto SAP HANA on the AWS GovCloud. And then last but not least, Trin Micro, who also sponsored our WePower Tech Track here, is also one of the first to use our outpost that Andy talked about yesterday for hybrid protection that already exists on-prem, virtual, and in the cloud. And we were, they were also one of the first to integrate and support VMware Cloud on AWS. Now, if you think about it, all of these partners are doing really amazing things in the marketplace. But we have helped each of these partners in different ways, again, working backwards from you. So let me show you one of the programs that these partners have taken advantage of. So it's called Authority to Operate. And if you're in the government space, you know that one of the highest levels of security certification is around FedRAMP. So this program helps our partners become FedRAMP certified on their solutions. If you look at some of the results, it's pretty incredible. We have four times the number of FedRAMP solutions than the nearest two cloud vendors combined. But more importantly, for our customers, this provides choice and security that's really powerful in this particular space. Now I have to say, uh, one of my very favorite programs that we have for partners is called PTP, the Partner Transformation Program. This program is really powerful because what it does is it works with you to develop a 100-day program for transformation of you, our partners. It helps you to see best practices of becoming a very profitable cloud business. But the other really cool thing is that on average, our partners who go through this program are driving their revenue 70% year over year, which is twice that of someone who's just part of our APN advanced tier. So it's something you wanna check out if you haven't done so today. We've just started a digital campaign around this. So we have a blog and our playbook that's out on LinkedIn as well as Facebook, so you can grab some of that, as well as our own APN blog as well. Now, if we think about our partners and our programs, I know Doug showed some of those, but we customize a lot of programs specifically for our public sector partners. We've already talked about PTP, but we also have a public sector partner program that we use to help you accelerate in that business for APN and public sector. Now we also have three competencies. The first is a governance competency, 
that we announced in 2016 to provide confidence to our customers in that government space. In 2017, we announced our education competency to help our education customers. And then last year, we announced our AWS nonprofit competency. So we look really closely with you as our partners and customers to understand your needs when we develop new programs and new competencies. We've had a lot of recent conversations about first responders and disaster response communities and how we can help them proceed. There's been a record number of hazardous events from Hurricane Doreen to Ebola outbreaks in Africa. All these natural and man-made disasters and public safety emergencies have really got us looking at what can we do to help force responders, businesses, hospitals, schools who are facing some of these challenges. Previously, there was really no easy way for these customers to find the right APN partner with that specialized skill that they need to serve this market. And so today, I am really pleased to announce the launch of our new AWS Public Safety and Disaster Response Competency. I think this is really cool. Can we do the energy up? This is a new announcement. Woohoo! So this uh, AWS Public Safety and Disaster Response Competency will help our customers leverage trusted solutions in their unique industries. It's going to help them in three phases, prepare, respond, and recover. Um, these organizations who need this help operate in a limited and sometimes completely disconnected environment. And sometimes they do that for an indefinite period of time. So this competency is going to help differentiate our APN consulting partners with proven success and helping customers implement these secure, reliable, cloud-enabled offerings for public safety and disaster response. And so I'm also pleased today to announce that we have 17 partners who have already gone through this particular competency and qualified. This program started in public sector, but we also quickly learned that many of these customers also apply for commercial. So for these 17 inaugural partners, each of these partners has now demonstrated that technical expertise and that proven customer success in helping these customer groups from disasters and also leveraging the AWS cloud. Let's give them a big round of congratulations. So it's my pleasure uh, to serve you. You are my customer. Um, I want to continue to listen to what you have to say. So a couple of actions, though, that I have for you. One, I want you to consider a public sector focus. I told you that 60% of you in the room do have a public sector practice because of the great growth here. If you're part of that 40%, come and see me. I'll be around through Friday. I also want you to learn more about these programs that we've built. We'll be launching a new site for ATO, and we have that digital campaign already for our PTP program. And as always, please continue to provide us 
whatever else you need to grow. That's my role, is to serve you and to help you drive more value for our customers. So as Doug and Andy said, and as we always say, this is just the beginning of public sector partners and customers. It is truly day one. I appreciate your continued support and all that you do for our customers. Thank you so much, and I'll see you at the Expo. Thanks, Andy. I always love hearing stories from our public sector customers because they have such amazing missions. You know, every year uh, on this stage, uh, we have an opportunity to recognize a set of consulting partners who continue to differentiate themselves and deliver great customer success. And as a result, are accelerating their businesses with AWS. So please join me in congratulating our newest premier consulting partners. And we now have over 100 premier consulting partners out of the tens of thousands of consulting partners working with AWS globally. These partners are using APM programs to build strong businesses with AWS. As we continue to support your efforts to innovate and build specializations, we will continue to listen to your feedback and invest in your growth and success. Now, I firmly believe that the programs that we have talked about today can help you to be successful, but you know, it does require you to choose the ones that matter most to you, your business, and your customers. And you know, we talked a lot about differentiation, but you know, differentiation can be difficult at times, especially you know, if you're an established company, it's going to require a heavier lift, especially, let's say, you, know, you, you have a, um, established ISV infrastructure business, and you have a number of customers already, but they're asking you to prepare a cloud-native solution. It's going to require you to make new investments, acquire new skills, you know, potentially even have a new business model or an operating model. So you know, that is why in 2017, we announced AWS SaaS And SaaS Factory provides a broad range of business and technical enablement resources to help companies transform their products. But as we engage a number of these ISV partners uh, with SaaS Factory, we heard a lot of feedback from our partners that they wanted even deeper relationships to really transform not just their products, but their businesses. And so you know, they were asking us to help them rethink the way they innovate. You know, they wanted to get access to our service team so that they know exactly what to integrate into their products or they wanted our help in coming up with the right business model. But you know, these requests that we were getting from the ISV partners weren't just from them. It was, we were getting similar requests from SI partners who were looking to build you know, specialty practices or building an AWS COE or building an IP-based solution for their customers. And so you know, what we ended up doing is that we thought that it would be good to have a better, more structured program to support some of our strategic partners who are making a big commitment to AWS. And therefore, you know, we built out a specialized teams to focus on helping put together the right 
partnership structure and also execute on that program. And then we also came up with number of things that we can provide in terms of a very tailored approach to helping them achieve the goals that they had. And so, you know, we've had number of partners who have already done this with us. And so, you know, these are some of the partners that have gone through this motion of putting together strategic collaboration with us. And you know, F5 is a good example of a company that has done this. And we have a multi-year strategic collaboration with them that allows their customers to use F5 for new cloud native applications and enable their customers a frictionless path to upgrade to F5 solutions on AWS. So this is just one example, but there are many others, and we look to do many more in the future. Another piece of feedback that we heard from our partners was around selling together. And I know this is super important for many of you in this room. You know, up until now, we've had a number of, in my opinion, very successful programs around you know, demand generation, and we have a number of programs to help you with accelerating your opportunities with your customers through different funding mechanisms or credit mechanisms. And we also have a number of different sales programs, like the mass migration program that we have, also the database freedom programs. But one of the things that I think the partners were really asking for us to invest more into is in field sales. And therefore, in the past you know, 18 to 24 months, we've put a lot of resources who are solely focused on working with our partners and our field sellers to sell their products into our customers. And we will continue to make additional investments. So we have roles like partner success managers and we have ISV success managers. And the partner success managers are focusing on helping SI partners, whereas ISV success managers are helping the ISV partners go to market. So, this is something that you should keep a lookout for as we continue to evolve how we sell together and how we invest more to bring additional customers to all of you. So today, we talked about how customers are transforming and innovating and how our partners are helping our customers along that journey. And we also talked about the importance of partners transforming and innovating. So as you continue to drive to innovate on behalf of your customers and differentiate your businesses, we will continue to be there by your side and invest in your success. But you know, I also believe that APN has to continue to evolve and get better and innovate on behalf of our partners. You know, I've had a chance to meet with a lot of partners in the first four months, and I truly appreciate how diverse all of you are. And it's my personal opinion that our partners are our customers. To our partner organization, you are our customers. And my commitment to all of you is that we will apply the same rigorous approach that we use in product development to work backwards from you to come up with very innovative programs to help you succeed. We are here to support all of you, regardless of your size, industry, location, capabilities, or business goals. So I urge all of you to think big and push us to help you build a successful business. If you do that, you will have a willing partner in us. Our goal is to build a partnership that outlasts all of us. 
So as Sandy mentioned, for the public sector business, I think it's true for APN in general. There are so many opportunities ahead of us, so it's day one. So you know, I would love for us to grow together. Thank you very much.